1: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, October 10th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle flying solo on today's show. Well, we're at the midpoint of the regular season already. Flying by, isn't it? Um, So we're going to assess where Ohio State is at, at the midway point of the season. Um, The good, um, the bad, it's mostly good, very little bad. Um, And if they are the best team in the country. Um. Let's start with the play of Tommy Eichenberg um, I, something I didn't see coming at all this guy is and there's been a lot of guys that are playing well on defense we're gonna get into that he's the defensive MB, MVP he's the leader of the defense and if he doesn't win the Butkus, he should at least be a finalist I mean it, it's that's how well Tommy Eichenberg's playing so um, that's the first thing I and mean, Tommy Eikenberg just locking it down at middle linebacker uh, becoming the best middle linebacker we've seen at Ohio State um in several years and playing at an all-american level didn't see that coming at all um frankly last year at this time I wondered if he was even starting material at Ohio State now we know a lot of that was coaching we knew the coaching was poor last year I don't don't, man I don't I don't think we knew how poor it was okay the other thing um obviously that stands out the defense was the biggest story all offseason we talked about how good could they be could they be a top 20 defense you know, because with this awesome offense, if they could be a top-20 defense, you know, maybe everything would click for this team, especially last year when they were atrocious, and the year before that when they were atrocious. 20th sounded great to me. Uh, then Ryan Day said his expectations have a top-10 defense. Well, Ohio State midway through uh, the season, the regular season, seventh total defense in the country, number seven defense in the country. Jim Knowles says it's his goal to have – coming into the season, he said it's his goal to have a top-5 defense, so – He's getting close to his goal. Um, And we'll see. I mean, we have to acknowledge that while on paper the the schedule didn't look easy the first six games, although Notre Dame's getting their act together. Wisconsin's terrible, though. Although maybe with Jim Leonard, they won't be. Who knows? Uh, They just beat down Northwestern. Talk about being terrible. But seriously, Wisconsin's not anywhere near as good as we thought. Notre Dame, even though they've gotten their act together, still not as good as we thought. So... The schedule has been pretty easy through six games, but still, number seven total defense in the country, and a lot of those yards have come at garbage time. Like we were talking about this on the post game show um, Saturday, which feels like I was just doing that with you guys like a few hours ago. Uh, it was it was a couple days ago, but um, at one point in the fourth quarter, when the score was forty nine to thirteen, Ohio State, obviously Ohio State, Michigan State wasn't winning forty nine to thirteen when the score was forty nine to thirteen early in the fourth quarter. Total yards. I love my stats guy. I love looking at total yards. Total yards was 604 for Ohio State, 110 for Michigan State, 604 for the Buckeyes, 110 for the Spartans. Unbelievable. And it finished at like 624 for Ohio State and like 202 for Michigan State because Michigan State got a long garbage time touchdown. Ohio State completely took their foot off the gas. End of the third quarter, all of the fourth quarter. I mean, Obviously, Ryan Day has, you know, didn't want to run it up on Mel Tucker. And, uh, you know, and you do have to find that balance, I think, of getting Kyle McCord some reps, throwing the ball, but not running it up on a guy that you respect. He will have no trouble running it up on certain guys if he can uh, later on his schedule, but uh, not Mel Tucker. I know Ryan Day likes him. Mel Tucker, former Ohio State assistant coach, uh, part of the national championship team in, in 2002 as an assistant coach for Jim Trestle. Um, but I get it. I know a lot of fans are saying, "Well, what the heck? How about get Kyle McCord at least some reps throwing the ball?" I get it. I get it. Uh, I you know, you do have to find that balance. And maybe he was a little. Maybe he sh- he could have scored one more touchdown in my book. Made it look a little better. That's another thing. That fifty nine or forty nine to twenty score didn't even do it justice. Ohio State just bludgeoned them. Forty nine to twenty doesn't even do it justice. Um, all right, so Jim Knowles, home run hire. Still has to prove it against, you know, Penn State, Michigan, and then if they get to the college football playoff. But um, love Jim Knowles. All right, let's stay on the defense before I get to the offense. Um, another huge, pleasant surprise. And I I expected good things out of this kid because we, we had been hearing good things about him. And I, lo- I loved him as a recruit, Ohio kid. You probably know where I'm going. Michael Hall, Jr. I mean, Unbelievable. This kid, they, he only played like twelve snaps in the game against Michigan State and had two and a half sacks. <laughs> he leads the team with four and a half sacks, and it's not like he's just falling into him. This guy, he, he's had several pressures too. He just, he's an absolute destroyer in there. He's their best defensive lineman, which is saying a lot. Unbelievable. They call him Mini Aaron Donald, and you can see why. So certainly, Mike Hall Jr. is. It's just absolutely great to see. Um, Teron Vincent has stepped up as the other. Uh, Mike Hall didn't start this last game because he was on a pitch count. Jerron Cage actually started. But for all intents and purposes, your starting D tackles are Mike Hall. Michael Hall, Jr. is what he likes to be called. Michael Hall, Jr. And um, But even his coaches call him Mike Hall. So it is, was it? It's, it's kind like of like JT2, to him told the media, to, you know, he doesn't like JTT, but Ryan Day still calls him JTT. It's like, you might want to tell your head coach that, too. But I get it. So we want to call the kids what they want to be called. So Michael Hall, Jr., unbelievable what he's done and then teron vincent stepping up as that other starter um and not just starting but you know playing the, the most snaps of any of the d tackles and playing well he had a tackle for a loss early in the michigan state game or he just that was the teron vincent we've all been like man okay that's number one d tackle recruit in the country I out, out of img you know father troy vincent former excellent football player himself he was a corner um and now the president of the uh What's, what is he? He's, he works for the NFL. I'm not exactly sure what his uh, title is, but he's like, what, Goodell's like right hand man, I believe. Um, executive vice president. I don't know, he, He's got a, he's, he's way, way, way up there in the NFL brass, Troy Vincent. So the bloodlines are there, even though Teron is a D tackle and his dad was a corner. But uh, having a dad as a, you know, not just a former NFL player, but um, a really good player and a guy that's still involved in the NFL, that can't, that can't hurt a uh, kid's development. So Teron Vincent as a fifth-year senior is breaking out. It's great to see. Now, there's going to be a little bit of bad things we talk about. Um, I-, I think Tyreek Williams is playing okay when he's in there, but something's going on. I don't know if he's in the doghouse, and I'm sure some of you guys saw um, he put something on, on Twitter at like 4.30 a.m. Uh, Sunday morning, so really late Saturday night. 392 was the post, or 91, his his number. He it wasn't talking about Caden Curry. He was talking about himself. Free 91. Free three ninety one. Basically saying let him. He he should be playing more. Is you don't have to be a genius to figure that one out. Everybody was uh, you know talking about it on our message boards, on Bucknuts, on on the the tweet itself. I get him being frustrated. Um, in my opinion, you shouldn't be going to social media and doing that. You should sit down with Larry Johnson and Jim Knowles. I'm sure they've already told him. Jim Knowles doesn't mess around, as Josh Proctor can tell you. Um, they, they're holding everybody accountable. Um, but something's going on with Tyreek Williams. He's not playing many snaps. Um, I thought he would be the breakout D-tackle star. That's been Mike, Michael Hall, Jr., which has got to be also a tough thing to see. You know, you're, At your classmate, he's the one now that's breaking out as a star. You're not getting as many snaps. So we'll see. But they got to keep him engaged. They're going to need him. They're going to need him. Tyleek, so they got to figure out what's going on there. Um, So, but, you know, and I mentioned Josh Proctor. i tell you what, Lathan Ransom looks like he's locked that job down to me. Um, And Proctor was only in there during garbage time. They took all the starters out and most of the top reserves were out. And Proctor was in there. That spoke volumes to me. And and Ibuko didn't just start. He played well, had that interception. He's such a – he's a good tackler. Love the kid. As I say, he just goes. He's a quick trigger. He just, <laughs> I, love, I love Knowles. Oh, you think no, know, because Knowles is a deep thinker. He asked me about Lathan Ransom. He's like, oh, Lathan. He lathan. He he just goes. Goes. I love it. All right. Offense time. Some people are giving me a hard time. I, I did a column this morning, kind of playfully giving me a hard time. I said CJ Stroud, unless he gets hurt, has the Heisman locked down. I fully believe that. Unless he gets hurt, I'm not saying he definitely has it locked down. He saw us to play. He'd have to absolutely collapse if he stayed healthy and and didn't and doesn't win the Heisman. That means he would absolutely collapse down the stretch. I don't see it happening. Go look at the Vegas odds. He's the runaway favorite. It's not even close. He was the big time favorite before Bryce Young got hurt and missed most of one game and then all of another. So we know it's a numbers game with the Heisman. You miss two games, that's going to hurt you a lot. And CJ was already the favorite. Now he is a runaway favorite to win the Heisman. Now Hendon Hooker is going to be in it, but we'll see if he can keep this up. Even with Hendon Hooker being in it, CJ Stroud right now is the runaway favorite according to the Vegas odds. So I'm confident in saying if he stays healthy, they already have his name on that trophy. He just has to go to New York City and pick it up. And it's going to be funny seeing the look on Desmond Howard's face when that happens. I hope uh, Eddie George is right there like, you know, you know, maybe wearing a suit, but maybe like you know, like sleeveless. You know, Eddie George is standing right there behind Desmond, just kind of looking at him. You know, and you gotta have—I'd say Archie too, but Archie's—I mean, Eddie's so classy, he wouldn't do that. But just to kind of do it for fun, the guns out, just kind of just looking down at Desmond. Make sure you have Archie there too. Archie's just the epitome of class. Troy Smith, have Troy Smith in there. Um, Troy, Troy's not afraid to mix it up. You make sure you got Troy in there. Um Stroud is going to win the Heisman unless he gets hurt. He's he's got the highest passer rating in the country right now by far. The, the kid from TCU, um, Max Duggan, um, is like 10 points behind. Him. That's the next closest. It's like two, three, four, five. They're all like kind of bracketed together. You know, there's like 194, 193, 192, 191. Stroud, the only one that's over 200 and he's 204. Um I don't know all the math that goes into it, but he's got a wide lead in, in passing efficiency. I mean, I know the basics. It's all about things like yards per attempt, touchdown to interception ratio. Those are the most important things. Yards per attempt is huge. This is why I'm not impressed with J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. Okay, He cannot throw the ball downfield at all. Now, it's early. Maybe he can figure it out. But right now, Michigan has no downfield passing game at all, none everything's dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Um, and, you know, and, that, and you can get by barely against Maryland doing that. You can get by barely against Indiana doing that. I say barely. It was 10-10 at halftime. Yeah, they won 31-10, to 10, but it was 17-10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. I'll stick with barely. You're playing Indiana, and that's what you can do. And this is a mediocre Indiana team. Dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. That, I mean, no downfield passing game at all. So – um, you know, I mean CJ Stroud, he just makes it look he lo- makes it look so easy. Highest passer rating in the country. Again, yards per attempt, touchdown to interception ratio. He's knocking it out of the park, completion percentage. Um, those are the things that go into to passer rating. Um, and speaking of his touchdown to interception ratio, 24 to 3. Okay, he has a pick six this past game, still has more touchdowns than he does in completions. 21 of 26. <laughs> Six touchdowns. The only player in Big Ten history now to have three games of six touchdowns in his career. The only player in Big Ten history to do that. Stroud has the Heisman locked up if he stays healthy. I think Emeka Ibuka needs to be seriously, seriously considered for the Bolitnikov. Now, the Bolitnikov crapped the bed last year, so they probably will this year too. Um, But we'll see. is fourth in the country in receiving yards, and – I would say Marvin Harrison should be up there too, but you know, I mean, he's got nine touchdowns. He's got, he's having a great year too. But Mecca's having a better year. I mean, they're both having great years. I'm not trying to. You you guys know, you know anything about me? I love Marvin Harrison Jr. I've been talking about him since forever. But um, I'm glad we got his uh, height changed in the the official. I do take credit for that because I talked to Jerry Ameka about it, and they finally they finally changed it from six three to six four. His height. I'm like, there's no way this man's six three. He's six four. And uh, they finally changed it. So, a mecca, egg for Bolitnikov. Let's get that party started, my friends. Let's get that. Let's get that going. Get on, on Twitter or wherever, Facebook, and tag the the people Bolitnikov. They have their they have their own page. Tag them. Say a mecca for Bolitnikov or, or Marvin. We all thought we'd be saying JSN. I, it's 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 incredible, isn't it? We talk about it, but maybe not enough. You lose two first round wide receiver picks, two, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Then you lose JSN. And you don't even skip a beat at wide receiver. It's incredible. It's almost like Brian Hartline knows how to recruit and develop wide receivers. Unbelievable. Okay. Um, staying with the offense, we got to give this offensive line a shout out. Justin Fry a shout out. Um, let's give the whole starting line a shout out. Left to right, you got Paris Johnson Jr. playing at an all American level. New kid on the block, Donovan Jackson, the other five star, along with Paris. Uh, at the left guard, Donovan Jackson struggled a little bit against Notre Dame. Very good defensive line, though, and has played really well since then. Love Donovan Jackson. Luke Whipler's playing great at center, okay, as a third-year sophomore, second-year starter. He's not playing good. He's playing great. The quarterback of the offensive line. Matt Jones is a fifth-year senior, finally getting a chance to be a full-time starter. He's playing really well. Dewan Jones at right tackle. He'll have a few times per game where he, you know, he's going to tick us off. But then most of the time, he's just out there just destroying guys. When he gets to the second level, that's bad news for whoever he's tra- he he has his hands on. That's and it's it's usually bad news for the defensive end or whoever. But you know, sometimes he'll you know his guy will get around him or he'll have a dumb penalty or something. But Dewan Jones, he's fun to watch sometimes. So shout out to the entire offensive line and Justin Fry. Love what I'm seeing out of them. All right, back to the defense. So it's not all sunshine and roses, is it? Number seven defense in the country, great talent and te- at depth at safety, great talent and depth on the defensive line. Um, Michael Hall Jr. breaking out as the star, even though we thought Tui Loau or Jack Sawyer might be the star, uh, or Tyleek Williams. Um, and, you know, I think JT is playing well. He's playing solid. Zach Harrison's playing solid. You know, Jack Sawyer, I think, needs to step it up a little bit. Uh, I think Tyleek's been fine when he's in there. Again, I think Zach Harrison, though, you know, he's he's been solid. And, um, you know, Teron Vincent and, and all that. But Michael Hall Jr., um, he's been the best. So I love the I love the depth um, and talent on the defensive line. I love that Tommy Eichenberg's locked thing down at middle linebacker. So most of the stuff on defense is great, right? Better than we thought. Corner is a mess. It's a mess. Now, I think it's going to be fine in the end. I do. I really, really do. Because I think they're going to get healthy. And um, all these guys are scheduled to get back. in you know, Jordan Hancock, they're going to hope to get him back for the Iowa game. Although, even if he's cleared, which it sounds like he will be, uh, do you need to have him out there against Iowa and their JV offense? At least the JV team that I played on. We might as well not even, like, had wide receivers. Um, I mean, to say we threw the ball, like, five times a game would be a lie. There were games we didn't throw the ball at all anyway. Um, you don't need to have him against Iowa is my point. Okay. If they, he suffered a significant injury. Now, maybe you need to knock the rust off a little bit before Penn state. I get that. But then you also risk re-injuring him. There's a balance there. You can knock the rust off in practice. Although maybe they will bring Hancock back for Iowa. The point of the matter is I think long-term they're going to be okay. They're not okay right now. Okay. Denzel Burke, um, not having a good year at all. I think Cam Brown's okay. He got frustrated with the penalty. It was a, you know, it was a, it was a dumb penalty, whatever Uh, he he'll be fine. So, but you got to acknowledge it. I mean, through six games, that's been the biggest disappointment on the team has been corner. We assess this team through six games. That's been the biggest disappointment on the team. And it's not even close. Okay. So, but am I worried about it long-term? I mean, I'm not dismissing it. That it could still be a problem long-term, but I'm confident they're going to get this figured out. They're going to get it figured out. And I like what I've seen out of some of these young guys like J.K. Johnson, true freshman Jair Brown. I think both those guys are going to be studs eventually. Um, And I can't wait to see what Jordan Hancock can do when he comes back because there was a lot of buzz about him during the offseason, as we all know. There was talk that even if Denzel Burke was playing at a high level, which we all expected after his true freshman season, that even then Jordan Hancock could give him a run for his money. That's how high they are on Jordan Hancock when he's healthy. Let's hope. I'm not sure what the injury was. Ryan, at least he told us Ryan doesn't like talking about injuries. At least he's softened that a little bit. You know, for him to say it was a significant injury suffered in camp, that says a lot right there. But he also indicated, you know, as I've said many times on the show, that um, you know, that they basically dodged a bullet of it not being season ending. So hopefully this will be it for Jordan Hancock. He'll just miss six games and he'll be able to play at least maybe a little bit against Iowa. Although, again, if he does play, take it easy. You don't need – you probably play one defensive back back there and be okay against this terrible Iowa offense. So concerned about corner? Yes, I'm concerned about corner. All right, let's get to the – all right. Is Ohio State the best team in the country? Yes, they are. They are. Um, Now, this is not – this doesn't turn into Alabama sucks. Okay. They, they don't suck. They're still really good, but this is not the same Alabama team that we're used to. It's just not okay. They're, they don't have nearly as much speed on the perimeter as a typical Alabama team on either side of the ball. Okay. They're not as physical as a typical Alabama team. They've still got studs. Okay. They've, they've got absolute studs. So, you know, don't get it twisted. So when we say, when I say Ohio State's better than Alabama, that doesn't mean, oh, well, Alabama sucks. Like, they don't suck. They're still really good. Um, but I still – I would love to see Ohio State play Alabama in the CFP. Bring me that game. Like I want that game if Alabama makes it. Um, Georgia, they're a good team, a very good team. They're just not as good as they were last year. And I think they're significantly not as good. I almost said worse. That makes it sound, sound like I'm saying they suck. They don't suck. They're still really, really good with a lot of future NFL players. And Stetson Bennett, um, while he's had a couple of shaky weeks, he still is not the Stetson Bennett he was two years ago. Or even last year, kind of more of that game manager. He's had some games this year where he's just looked really, really good. So um, Georgia's still a really good team. So I don't want to, this to be like, oh, yeah, those, those Georgia and Alabama suck. Um, and there's going to be other teams. Tennessee's found their way in the, in the mix. Uh, I guess you could say USC – Clemson's hanging in there. They get a scare every week, it seems, although they pulled away. They jumped Michigan in the poll. That's how bad Michigan looked. You know, Clemson's well, what what are they 3-3 in the first half against a terrible Boston college team? And Michigan was so bad that, that Clemson jumped Michigan in the polls. Michigan's fifth now, and Clemson's fourth. So I mean, there's gonna be a, you know, but I think those are the three best teams in the country in that order. Ohio State, and then in whatever order, Alabama, Georgia. But again, I would like Ohio state in either of those matchups, bring them to me. They got to get past Penn state first and they got to get past Michigan. But I think Ohio state will win those games. Uh, this Penn state game, I think is going to be, it's going to be tough. They'll, they'll bring it. I think Ohio state's going to win, but like a, by about 10. And I don't want to see fans freaking out. If we have our, our yearly like slugfest with Penn state, that you know, doesn't Ohio state doesn't win by 30. Hopefully they do win by 30, but it's tough every year against Penn State, as we all know. I know it's not a wide out. It's not at night. It's still going to be a raucous atmosphere over there. They look at Ohio State as their main rival. They get it for Ohio State like, unlike any other team. I mean, they're still playing at home in front of a packed house. They're going to be, that, this place, the place is going to be going crazy. Um, and Penn State's a good team. I don't think they're a great team, but they're a good team. And, and they'll be ready. They'll be ready. I'll be, I'm gonna be a Penn State fan this week, by the way. They, they get a week, they had a week off to prepare for Michigan. That'll be fun to see that game. And Ohio State has its bye week, so I don't have to work this Saturday. I can just sit back, bag of chips, and uh and watch that. Or be better, I better be careful with the bag of chips. I've been trying to, to watch that. Maybe not a whole bag of chips, you know? Maybe just some chips. So yeah, I think Ohio State's the best team in the country. I love it through six games. Now we'll find out. Penn State will be the best team they've played. It seems like I'm overlooking Iowa. It's because I'm overlooking Iowa, okay? Penn State, that's the game I'm looking for uh, a few weeks, couple weeks from now after the Iowa game. I think the bye comes at a good time. These guys can going to stay healthy. One more thing before I let you guys go. One thing that we've learned through six games that I didn't – and 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 Ryan Day is not going to like say this, I don't think. I, I might ask him about it. I don't know how much he wants to talk about it. They're doing what you see in the NBA a lot, in my opinion load management i would bet you guys anything that there's been certain guys that clearly could play some weeks or play more snaps that they are doing load management with and i like it they know they can beat some of these teams they know they're deep at certain positions they are doing load management where now there also are some guys that just couldn't play like jackson smith and jigba certain times and other guys that are seriously like you know hurt i'm not talking about that obviously I'm talking about guys that I would bet you anything if it was the Michigan game or the Penn State game would play, but they're trying to be cautious. This is the first time I've seen load management at Ohio State. Again, just my opinion. This isn't like Ryan Day coming out and saying, we're doing load management. Um, that's not how he talks, by the way. That's kind of a weird Ryan Day impression. He's very, very cool and unflappable. I love Ryan Day. Um, so it's not like he's coming out there saying, we're doing uh, you know load management, but Sure looks to me like that's what they're doing, and I like it. I think that's smart coaching. And then, you know, when the big games come, it's just, you know all hands on deck, baby. Stay healthy. Because so They're already a little bit more banged up than they'd like to be. Now they get a chance to rest and then get after it for these final six games. All right. Appreciate you guys as always. Thank you so much for uh, joining the show. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. All that stuff really helps. I am Dave Biddle. Thanks again to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day.